fight begin! Welcome to It's Real to Us, the Wrestling Podcast, with your hosts, Anthony Passiella, Nate Diggity Dog, and Tony the Father. What's going on, you guys? And welcome to It's Real to Us, the Wrestling Podcast. As a reminder, you can find us on Instagram, X, TikTok, and now YouTube at It's Real to Us. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, people. We need support. Whether that's a like, whether that's a comment, whether you share, or whether you're just listening to the show, we really appreciate all your support. Now, on today's episode, we will review and discuss the December 1st edition of Friday Night Smackdown. And if you didn't happen to catch the show, I get it. Life is important and things get in the way. So, your buddies, your pals, Nate Diggity Dog Rothstein, Tony the Father, and yours truly have got you covered with everything you need to know on the fastest SmackDown recap. We start with Bianca, the freshest Prince of Bel Air, who did a victory Carlton dance because her team won inside War Game. After Bel Air promised to take EO Sky's title, Damage Control, Charlotte, and Shotzi emerged, and an all out brawl ensued. Bailey was noticeably absent. Ayo, hey, gee, Bailey didn't receive the memo, is all. They're totally fine. Later in the night, after Bailey tried to help, Kyrie Sane lost to Bianca Belair. For those of you keeping track at home, that's one down and the rest of Damage Control to go for the EST of WWE. It was a one-man job for Butch Cassidy, who was determined to steal a win against Ricky Bobby Lashley. But with the slingshot engaged, Lashley burst into a spear that turned Butch inside out. You know what they say, if you're not first, you're last. Shake and bake, Bobby Lashley defeats Butch. Yeah, bitch, Logan Aaron Paul is back. The U.S. champ announced there will be a tournament to determine his next challenger. So out came Kevin Malone Owens to spill the beans and chili about his real feelings towards Paul. Then Owen stepped into his office and beat Grayson Waller. Why waste time? Say a lot word when few words do trick. KO win. The evil Santos Escobar squared off against his former friend, Joaquin. Girls gone wild. With Wilde's top off, the LWO member was fully exposed as Escobar took advantage and won the match. After the bell, Santos continued his assault on Joaquin until Dragon Bruce Lee, be happy but never satisfied, made the save and sent Escobar running. Santos Escobar defeats Joaquin Wilde. The Randy Newman Orton return tour continued as the hottest free agent was courted by Adam Pierce and Nick Aldis on SmackDown. You've got a friend in me was the sentiment both general managers gave off as Pierce and Aldis opened their legs and wallets to sign Randy. But before Penn could touch paper, the bloodline attacked Orton. Thankfully, LA Knight, yeah, made the save and fought off Sokoa, which gave Orton an opportunity to hit an RKO on Jimmy Uso. Yeah. Randy Orton then signed with SmackDown and hit an RKO out of nowhere on Nick Aldis as the final stamp of approval. The Viper's back. That was the fastest SmackDown recap. Hello, everybody, and welcome to It's Real to Us. I'm Anthony Passiello, joined once again by my co-host, the fantastic, the beautiful, one Nate Diggity Dog Rothstein. Hey, how you doing? And of course, we have Tony, the father. I'm disgusted right now. I'm not too happy today. Oh, no. Why is that, Tony? Two words. 
Fantasy football. Yep. I was 6-1 and one starting the season. Bragging to everyone, putting my team's face in everyone's face, walking around like I was the best. I know this. I'm fighting for the goddamn playoffs now. I got one week left, and if I lose, I could be eliminated. That's why. The ultimate collapse, one might say. No, it's not a collapse. It's fucking... I, I got shit players. Well, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, speaking of collapse, I mean, there could be a dynasty collapse in our Easy league, now. Easy. It easy. could be a dynasty collapse. Hold on, wait. We'll get to that in a sec. But let's go back to Tony for one second. But if he loses this week, he could miss the playoffs. The juicy thing about this is he is playing myself and Mikey P, who are 6-7, and seven, and we need a win to get in. It's possible both of us could get in. It is possible both of us can get in, but... But I think it's more likely one of us get in. Well, if I win, I'm in. Simple as that. And if you lose, you're a loser. All right, Nate. Get on yeah, with what, it. What do you want to talk about? Let's talk about our league there, guy. Sure. So what Nathan is so giddy and excited about is the fact. I can end your run, baby. So for 12 consecutive years, I have made the playoffs in our fantasy football league. And on top of that, for the last three years, I have won the fantasy football league. And it could all be crumbling down. This is the week. It's I win and I'm in the playoffs. I lose and my championship run is over. All my players are aging out. This is kind of the last hurrah, if you will. We're going downhill without breaks. We're going to crash, but we're trying to steal one more championship. And Nathan could be the man to end my run. Listen, if I beat you this week, I am the person who knocked you out of the playoffs. So, I mean, God, give me some credit if I do pull that off. I also have one win. Like, come on. You only got one win this year? Yeah, <laughs> I got one win. So, if I win, you're out. If Nate Diggity Dog wins, you're out. So, two of us can knock you out of two leagues. Correct. Hey, Nate, I hope it fucking happens. Yeah, I, so do I, dude. I had to live with him for fucking the last three years with his stupid belts. I like to talk a little smack, as the winner should do. And I got news for you, Nathan. Oh, you got news? For the last three years, this has not been our league. This has been my league. Yeah, and I have a chance to make it our league. You're going down this week. Everybody in your league is pulling for Nate. Would you like to put a little wager on the game? Absolutely. Okay. Whatever you want to wager. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Okay, what do you want to wager? The loser's got to pick out of the bowl of shame. Again? Again? Do, do, do I have to do it again? Are you confident with your one in fucking 11 team? Your team is crumbling. I think I could beat you. So, yeah, I'm in for that. Okay, so it's official then. The loser will have to pick out of the bowl of mayhem. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I am... Deeply, deeply terrified. I really don't want to lose. <laughs> um, let's talk about SmackDown, right? Yeah, let's do it, baby. So we started our last show with Randy, and I only think it makes sense to start this show with Randy because Orton had a big, big, big decision to make on SmackDown. Isn't that right, Diggity? That is correct. Anthony, because he's a free agent, Orton has been trying to figure out what brand he wants to go to, Raw or SmackDown. And Adam Pearce, as the general manager of Raw, and Nick Aldis, as the general manager of SmackDown, were trying to make sure that they give him everything that he wants. Yes, sir. Adam Pearce offered Orton a World Heavyweight Championship match, and Nick Aldis offered Orton the Bloodline and an opportunity at revenge. But before Randy could decide to do anything, the Bloodline attacked Orton. Now, thankfully, L.A. Knight yeah. came out and stopped Solo Sokoa. The two fought into the back, and then Randy was able to hit Jimmy Uso with an RKO. So, whole lot to unpack here. lot happened. Anything I missed? Don't forget that Randy took out Nick with an RKO also. Out of nowhere! Yeah, big segment. Lots of fun, too. I think just start to finish, I enjoyed pretty much the whole thing. Randy, you can just see how much it means to him to be back. Every single time he comes out, you, you feel his presence, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. When he was on that hiatus, when he got hurt, he was having the time of his life when he was with Riddle. And it still looks like he's still having the time of his life right now. So it's just really fun to see a, a happy and fun Randy Orton, which we don't get, I feel like, that much. He's a man with a purpose right now. He's big. He's ready to roll. He wants the bloodline. He's going to take him down. So he signed with SmackDown. That's what he said he was going to do, and he did it. So now that he's signed with SmackDown and he wants the bloodline, do you think we get Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton at the Royal Rumble? I mean, we got, like, what, six weeks to the Rumble or something like that? So I think you're going to get a Solo versus Randy match main eventing SmackDown one of these weeks. So maybe Randy has to defeat Solo to get Roman, and, and maybe LA Knight costs Solo that match, something like that. But it seems like Solo and LA Knight are going to go at it. Yeah, which I'm not really thrilled about. We on this show said LA Knight was going to fight Roman at the Rumble. So now it looks like that's Randy's spot. So what's LA Knight doing? Maybe a triple threat. That's what I was thinking. You could maybe get a triple threat for that. I also think you could have LA Knight in the Rumble. Being like a Final Four or Final Three in the Rumble, I think that would also be something. Randy Orton is going to get into it with LA Knight. Him and Randy are going to talk. He's going to thank him for helping him. And then LA Knight's going to say, you got to get in line. And that's where him and Randy are going to have the falling out. Randy Orton, L.A. Knight, Roman Reigns for the title after the Viper takes out Jimmy and Solo. I just think at this point you want to give Orton as much of a spotlight as you can. The iron is hot. We don't know how long we have Orton for, so why not put him right back in the main event scene, give him the WWE Championship opportunity he was supposed to get at SummerSlam in 2021, and just let him have his moment. I think L.A. Knight had his chance. What is the reason to force him back in the main event? No, but if you leave L.A. Knight in a triple threat with Roman and Randy, it leaves him viable and relevant, even if he loses. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. Well, then what are you doing? Just push him to the curb? He fights Solo Sokoa. Unfortunately, he is going to stumble. I called it specifically on this show three weeks ago after Crown Jewel, him being in the main event. That was his highlight. Now he is shuffling down the card. I think they're going to push Randy towards Roman, and they're going to push L.A. Knight towards Solo. What does that do for L.A. Knight? He's probably going to lose that match, so it makes his credibility yeah. worse. I would rather see him in a triple threat in the main event, and maybe he gets pinned. I wouldn't mind seeing the three guys there because it keeps L.A. Knight right on top. He's right there with the big boys. You're not going to put the championship on him. You said it last week. 90% of the wrestlers are B-plus guys who aren't going to be in the main event. I hate to break it to you guys. L.A. Knight, from an in-ring standpoint, isn't better than 50% of the roster. You're saying there are guys better than him on the roster. Yeah, there's tons of guys who are better than L.A. Knight. Okay, name one. Right Ricochet. Now. In the ring is better than L.A. Knight. Unquestionable. But L.A. Knight's a bigger guy. I am calling it how I see it. He's not going to be a main event guy. And you can either accept it now or be disappointed when it's announced that he's fighting Solo Sokoa at the Royal Rumble. And I will be because I think it's going to put him down the totem pole, like you said. And I don't think that's what you need to do for LA Knight right now. We're going to know in a couple weeks. Let's move on. So let me ask you a question. Do you think Randy is the biggest threat to beat Roman we've seen in a long time? Yes. Shit, yeah. Absolutely. You think he's the biggest threat he's faced? I think he's the biggest threat since probably Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. Okay. I like that. But let's talk a little bit more about the actual segment itself. So Randy Orton acted in a way that you shouldn't act towards a general manager, and he RKO'd Nick Aldis. Will Orton have to be punished? I mean, I would assume so, but you already told him if you sign with SmackDown, I'm going to give you the bloodline. So he knows he's getting a bloodline. Maybe this sets up, well, you RKO'd me, so I'm just going to give you Solo right now, the guy who just took out John Cena. That could start the feud with the bloodline. So Aldis maybe goes like, hey, Randy, I was going to give you a championship match. Now you have to earn it. You have to fight your way through the entire bloodline. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah, I think that's something that definitely could happen. That was Randy just telling everybody on SmackDown, nobody's safe. 
I'll take you out. He wants what he wants. He didn't care if it was Nick, it was Solo, Jimmy, it could have been Paul Heyman. He would have got RKO'd. Anybody near him that night at that moment was getting it. Yeah, wrong place, wrong time for all this. Do we want to talk about the possibility of Nick Aldis and Adam Pearce going at it at WrestleMania 40? It seems like the general managers dislike each other. Which is something that WWE needed. Having two general managers has raised the bar. And I think if that match does happen, I think I'm rooting for Pierce. Who are you rooting for if that match does happen? Oh, I'm totally rooting for Nick Aldis. Really? Why is that? I hate Adam Pierce. Why do you hate Pierce? I love Pierce. Oh, he grows on you. I agree with Nate, though. (laughs) Adam Pierce in the beginning was a... Shut the fuck up. Yes. Get, get, get off the stage. I don't want to listen to this idiot. Now he's got some comic to him. He's got some toughness to him. I like the guy. I'll give you the unintentional comedy. He's like when Kurt Angle was the general manager. <laughs> yeah. That truck is worth $13 million. You know, just the way he kind of talks is funny. But I don't know. There's something about all this. I like the suits he wears. I like that he took the bump. I'm also a big SmackDown guy. I think Pierce would be over his head, though. Nick does look pretty tough. Nick looks really tough. Yeah, I, think Nick would I wouldn't want to fight Nick. <laughs> no. He's pretty intimidating. I don't know. I think I could hit Adam Pierce and he'd go down. Nick, I don't know. I hope that they engage in more bidding wars, more brand rivalry. I think that that's just overall good for the product when you have that tension between shows. All right, so I think we covered just about everything there. So let's talk about the first match of the night on SmackDown. Butch, notably by himself, without Rich Holland, and of course Sheamus has been away for some time now, took on Bobby Lashley, who of course had the Street Profits alongside him. Bobby Lashley ended up winning this match and the outcome was really never in question. I don't know what's going on with Butch. It seems like he's a lone wolf right now. What happened to the the brawling brutes? So a couple of weeks ago, after Butch inadvertently hit a bro kick on Rich Holland during a number one contenders match, Rich Holland walked away. He was visibly upset. And the following week, he walked out on Butch during a tag team match. So there has been friction amongst Ridge and Butch. But Sheamus hasn't been seen in months. So it seems as if Butch is, like you said, on his own. It's very interesting to see how they're doing this. I'm surprised they started this this quickly, especially without Sheamus. I don't know when we're going to get Sheamus back. I don't think the Brutes are going to break up. I think Sheamus is coming back. Sheamus gets them together. He brings them into a bar. They start drinking pints. They beat some people up, and all of a sudden, they're fine. So I think inevitably what this is going to lead to is a three-on-three match between the Brawling Brutes going up against the Almighty One and the Street Profits. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I agree with that. Got to get Sheamus back. Yeah, you you definitely need Sheamus back for that. But guy was a big Street Profits guy and everything. Bobby Lashley with the Street Profits. I was excited for that. They have done nothing with it. I think WWE really dropped the ball on that they didn't give him the titles when they should have they really haven't looked that powerful since they've been with lashley's there's no big difference so i think this has just been a total fail with bobby lashley and the street profit lashley was trying to be that mvp role the manager it's something like when you saw it it was very imposing lashley's got the street profits wow these guys are you know this is going to go somewhere but it's just piss it's just flat nothing well, the problem is, like you just said, Tony, Bobby Lashley's not MVP. They don't have a mouthpiece for them right now. It's a whole bunch of guys who are super athletic, super great in the ring, but at the end of the day, aren't the best on the mic. I think Montez Ford is probably the best out of all of them. Montez Ford needs to go solo. He's got to break away. He's got to go on his own. Now, that guy can contend for some titles. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I think that's all we really need to say about that match. So let's talk about our second match, and that was when Santos Escobar defeated Joaquin Wild clean after hitting the Phantom Driver. Now, after Escobar attacked Wild, Dragon Lee made the save, came out, and he sent Escobar running away. So what were your overall impressions of this match? Wasn't thrilled. I get it. This is what we're building towards. He's going to face Dragon Lee again. But this match didn't really do anything for me. I thought it would be a pretty 
decent and entertaining match, and I, I wasn't that entertained by it. Former teammates in Legado del Fantasma and the LWO facing off, so I enjoyed that. I think Joaquin is super impressive, but he just does nothing for me. He is yeah. just so boring. Mm-hmm. I just do not care for him at all. No, he's, a, he's one of those B wrestlers. He's one of those guys who's just going to take a pin here and there. He's got some ability, but everybody wants to see Escobar and Carlito. Come on. Oh, my God. Why can't we just get Escobar yeah, and Carlito? just get to the fucking point. Do yeah, it. I agree. I would assume we would eventually get it, but when? I think the problem is Ray's injury is worse than they thought. So I think the injury is going to be bad where he's going to come back later. So they're kind of pushing it back a little bit because if they have that match, then what do you do if Ray's not coming back? You could have another match with Carlito because, personally, I thought Carlito has looked fantastic in the ring, and I think him and Santos will put on a phenomenal match. And I think that you could possibly have multiple matches of that if you need because Ray's injury is longer than you thought it was going to be. But what, what do we got between now and the Rumble? Six weeks? About. So maybe they just pushed it back a little bit. They're going to have Escobar and Carlito in the Rumble. I hope we get that, but who, who knows? I mean, maybe they're going to announce it, and then a day before, like they did for Survivor Series, scratch it again. I just feel like I'm Dave Batista in that meme where he's spitting at Triple H. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. Give me, give, give me what I want. Give me what I want. I want Carlito versus Santos Escobar. Give it to me. Give it to me. So overall, I thought the match was good. I wasn't blown away by it, and I think that this was more of a way to just give Santos another win. So in that regard, I think the segment worked as a whole. Another notch on his belt. It's just good. Move on. We want Carlito. I think that's a perfect way to end it. And next, we're going to talk about another SmackDown return. Logan Paul was back, and he revealed that there will be a tournament to determine his next challenger for the United States Championship. And, Tony, who can we expect to see in this tournament? Well, the tournament's going to consist of Santos Escobar, Bobby Lashley, Dragon Bruce Lee, Karrion Cross, Austin Theory, Grayson Waller, Kevin Owens, and a mystery superstar. Who could that be from NXT? But let me ask you a question, Big Ant. Is Kevin Owens hurt? Well, let's just jump into it right now. So Grayson Waller and Kevin Owens fought after Logan Paul revealed that there was going to be a United States Championship match, and Owens appeared to injure his hand. He broke his finger or something. I was reading about it, and it doesn't look good because it looked like we were getting Logan Paul versus KO at the Rumble. Now it doesn't look like that because it looks like they may write off Kevin Owens. Personally, if that's what the match we were going to get at the Rumble, I was super excited for it. I think Logan Paul versus Kevin Owens could steal the show at the Rumble. But if it's not going to be KO, I really don't know who it's going to be in this tournament to face Logan Paul for the U.S. Championship. I thought it was going to be Kevin Owens, but now if Owens is hurt, I would pivot to L.A. Knight. That's a good way to keep him in the limelight. You could legitimately put the title on him, and you would keep the momentum I, going. I kind of agree with you on yeah, that. I like that. Some of the people that we heard, like Kieran Cross, where did that name come from? That just came out of left you need people to lose in the first round, and it gets Karrion Cross on TV, gets him some exposure. So you're going to have some, not jobbers, but low-end guys in the tournament, especially a mid-card title. You think Karrion Cross is a low guy? Well, he's on the bottom of the barrel, Karrion Cross. That's a shame, because he shouldn't be. Karrion Cross hasn't won a match in months. I, but he shouldn't be. What do you like about him so much? I think he's got ability, he's got a good look, he's got a hot wife with him. I don't know. I I would push him. I agree with everything you said, but... Then why are you burying him? Push comes to shove. He's not that great with the mic. Okay. 
His in-ring work is pretty decent. I just think WWE doesn't give him time because I think that type of character needs time to develop. At the end of the day, he's had opportunities. He hasn't put on a good match in months. I think he had one solid match with AJ Styles months ago, but we're getting a little off topic here. We're talking about carrying Cross for Christ's sake. Who the hell cares about him? We have a bona fide superstar in the uh, ring. And Jake Lineman, there's a shout-out to you right now. I'm doing you and your boy justice. Logan Paul is the man, okay? I want to talk about how natural he is as a heel. Because everyone hates him. He's built up that persona with his power podcast with uh social media and everything that everyone hates him so when you already have that there's not really much you need to do in wwe because you're already hated worldwide so yeah he is incredible he's great on the mic I wasn't sold on him at first, but I'm totally sold on him. I just wish he was a little bit more of a full-timer. We're getting a mid-card belt that's part-time, basically. We haven't seen him since Crown Jewel, which was about a month ago. That's the one thing that I, I wish that WWE would give me more is more TV time for Logan Paul. He's on a contract. You're not going to see him. He's got a Brock Lesnar type of contract. But you got to love him when you see him because he's a superstar. He's the guy you hate, but when he comes out, you're in love with him. You love his presence, you love his ability, you love his energy, the way he speaks. Even though you hate him, you love him. I don't know if I love him. I have a comparison. So he's an arrogant prick, and it feels genuine, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you say that's MJF-ish? I never really thought of that. There are very few characters in professional wrestling nowadays, back in the day a ton, who commit to a gimmick. So Logan Paul and MJF have similar gimmicks where they're scumbags. They're just douchebags that... Get under your skin, and they hate you. Obviously, MJF is in more of a face He's turn. He's ours, Scott But I'm talking about heel MJF. I think that Logan Paul is one of a very select few superstars who blur the lines in between what's real and what's fake. And Nathan, we were talking about this weeks ago. Yeah. That's when wrestling is at its sweet spot. Yeah. So I think Logan Paul... Certified stud, certified superstar. You can put him on any premium live event, and he's going to help the card. Listen, I think you're really high on him. I mean, he's faced Roman before, and he had a great match, but he's still lost. So you're telling me you could see this guy having a world title in the near future? I'll put it to you like this. I think Logan Paul has more of a chance to win the WWE Championship than LA Knight. They won't put it on Logan Paul because the way he signed with his contract is never going to do it. If you put a title on a guy and you don't see him for three months, they're not going to do it. I understand the point. I'm just saying... Personally, I think that Logan Paul has a higher ceiling in WWE than LA Knight. I'm not saying what I'm saying is right. That's just what I feel and what I think. But there were a couple of funny moments in this match I really kind of wanted to highlight. So KO mentioned that he discovered Logan Paul from Vine. And Logan immediately, he crossed his heart. He said his prayers and he pointed up and he says, I love you. Vine is dead, but it got me where I am. And I, I appreciate you. The best line, Logan Paul said, Kevin Owens is Otis on a diet. That was hysterical. I was laughing. That was hysterical. Is that an insult to Otis or Kevin Owens? Come on, it's an insult to Owens. Otis is twice his size. But Otis can move, man. Yeah, but he says on a diet. He's basically telling Otis is a parade float. Kevin Owens is not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure, but... Dude, I would love to be Otis, man. I love Otis. If I could do that Caterpillar, man, oh, man. I'm closer to Otis than you are. I am chunky. I was just at the doctor today. I got to lose fucking 26 pounds. Yeah, that ain't happening, Tony. No, I got to do it, he said. I'm going on the diet with him. We're doing it. We had salads today. I went for a power walk today, baby. <laughs> I feel strong. Okay. I'll see it when I believe it. I think we covered just about everything there. Am I missing anything you guys wanted to mention? Yeah, I want to mention the surprise NXT superstar that's going to be in the tournament. With Kevin Owens' injury now, I think it'd be very interesting to see Carmelo Hayes versus Logan Paul at the Rumble. 
I think Logan Paul would eventually win that, but that's something that WWE could pivot to because of the KO injury, and I think that would be something that the WWE Universe could get behind, and I think they would bring the house down at the Rumble. I like the take. I could see it happening, and it'd be a nice pivot. Now, we're also speculating that KO isn't going to be able to fight through whatever injury he has. If it's a broken finger, maybe they can just tape it up, and he could work through it. It heals in six weeks of broken finger. That's what I'm saying. So we don't really know, and there's no reason to speculate on that. But Nathan, I like the Carmelo Hayes idea as a pivot option. a boy, dog. Yeah, way to go, diggity. Woof, woof. So let's talk about the women's division because Bianca Belair kicked off SmackDown saying that she will fight her way through damage control to get her hands on Sky and the WWE Women's Championship. So out come damage control Charlotte and Shotzi before another all-out brawl ensued. Bailey was nowhere to be seen during this entire process. So then we jump ahead to later in the night when Bianca was fighting Kyrie Sane in a one-on-one match. Shotzi, Charlotte, all of damage control got kicked from ringside, and Bailey came out and tried to help Kyrie Sane pick up the win. Now that didn't really work out, and Sane ended up losing to Bianca. So my question is, how fucked is Bailey? Fucked as in, is she going to be kicked out of damage control? Because I don't see that happening anytime soon. They're starting to put the pieces together but i see this culminating at mania eo versus bailey but i don't see this happening until after the rumble i think she's staying in damage control until the rumble and then after the rumble she's going to get kicked out i think that bailey's in big trouble unless she learns japanese because she can't communicate with these people hey bailey you better go get babble so you think that's the reason why Kyrie sane lost the match haven't you noticed that every time they're together they talk japanese and bailey's sitting there like a mook i think next week on the show She's going to get blamed for the loss. She's going to get blamed for the loss, but I don't think that's going to be enough to kick her out. I think she needs to do something significant because they've already dragged it out. But I wouldn't be surprised if Bailey ends up costing Io the championship. Because who knows? Do you really want Io Sky holding the championship going into Mania? You don't need Io and Bailey fighting for the title. You could have Bianca with the title going up against Charlotte. Oh, oh, that's a match right there. That's my prediction, but let's talk about the match itself between Kyrie Sane and Bianca. What did we think of it? Uh, I enjoyed the match very much. This match was just to show what's going on with Bailey. So, all in all, a good match, and I'm interested to see what's going on with Bailey. I thought this match sucked dick. Really? I thought it was fucking horrible. What I made it like so it bad? The big issue I had with this was going into the first commercial break, you could see there was no cohesion between Bianca and Kyrie Sane. Maybe I'll make a clip of it, but... They were basically pushing each other and then throwing each other around the ring. It just looked very awkward. Obviously, Bianca's an incredible athlete. So anytime you see her on screen and she's doing flips, you're entertained by her. But considering the level and the expectation I have for her matches and how highly I think of Kyrie Sane, I think this way, way, way underperformed. So that's my personal opinion. I didn't like it either. They didn't mesh well together. It was a little slow, a little off. Yeah, I think I agree with you, Tony. So we'll see what happens and how that situation develops. But father. is there any. I like to be addressed as the father. I agree with you, father. I agree with you, father. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything else that we missed from this whole ordeal? Do you eventually see Kyrie Sane as a legitimate champion in, in the women's division? No. No? I don't think so. Have no. you seen any of her work before? I've seen her work, but she's what? 80 pounds? So? Well, she's going to beat Charlotte Flan. She's going to go up against Rhea Ripley. She's fought them. Oh, yeah. I guess she'll body slam fucking Nia Jax. Come on. She's tiny. She's too little. Against these mammoth fucking women they got now, there's no way she can compete. Don't get me wrong. She's a nice wrestler. She's got a lot of ability. She fucking looks good. But she's a peanut. She's nothing. I still think with the right person with her as like maybe a manager or something, she would be a great 
women's champion. I disagree. Maybe if there was a manager, does she have the talent? Sure. But I'm going to personally say no, and especially because I thought this match was horrible. And I didn't think Kyrie looked particularly good either. That was her first singles match since being back, so there definitely has to be some ring run. That's fair enough. So it looks like Bianca will be heading towards a showdown with Io Sky in the near future for the championship. Do you guys want to see Bianca win the title back? I think you need to give Io a longer run than this. Io Sky's going on five months as champion. I haven't enjoyed her title run. That's why I think it needs to be longer. She's felt like a background figure in her championship run. It feels like damage control has been more important overall. The title is damage control's title. It's not hers. Everybody knows it. If it wasn't for damage control, she wouldn't have the title. And when you see them together, you don't think that she's the champ. You think that damage control has the title. Well, what are you talking about? You can say the same thing about the Judgment Day on Raw. They don't have the North American Championship or the Tag Team Championship if it's not for Mommy, the leader of Judgment Day. So I think that's a terrible point, Tony. Judgment Day, and you got Tag Team title champs. Mommy's got a title. Dom's got a title. Here you got one title, and it's Damage Control's title. Damage Control hasn't really showcased EO as champion. Personally, I feel like she's playing second fiddle to Bailey. so maybe if they kick her out, it'll propel EO. but we will leave that there. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to close out the show. What's going on, you guys? I'm talking about sandwiches. Let's face it, with the cost of living so high, it's nice to kick back, relax, and enjoy an affordable meal. I like my sandwiches with grilled chicken, lettuce, tomato, onions, ranch, and hot sauce. It's sweet and spicy in just the way, uh-huh, 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 I like it. And here's the best part. You can put whatever you want on your sandwich. Whether it's for dinner, lunch, or heck, even breakfast, we won't judge you if you don't judge us. So go ahead and send us your favorite or most crazy sandwich on X, formerly known as Twitter, at It's Real to Us, and we'll post our favorite one of the week. Also, if anyone listening makes sandwiches for a living and you'd like to sponsor the show, please, please reach out to us. As of this recording, we have no sponsors and are borderline desperate. You can even pay us in sandwiches if you'd like. Now, let's get back to the show. Okay, we are back. Next week on SmackDown, it was announced that CM Punk will be making his return to the blue brand in over 10 years. He's going to be there for tribute to the troops. What do you think CM Punk's going to have to say? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Are we going to have another situation like Randy Orton where he's going to be a free agent? Is he going to sign with them? Or is he solidified in Raw? Maybe we'll get the answer for that next week. So I'm looking forward to that. You could have Pierce deject and being like, I got to do whatever I got to do to get CM Punk. We just lost out on Randy Orton. The execs are going to kill me if I don't get Punk. I, I don't really know what to expect with him going forward. Like we've been talking about a lot. I thought he was going to go right after Seth Rollins. Well, keeping him apart. Seth Rollins wanted nothing to do with him. How many times have I got to say this? All right, well, we'll see. Elsewhere, it was announced that we are going to have two first-round United States Championship tournament matchups when Karrion Cross takes on Bobby Lashley and Santos Escobar takes on Dragon Lee. So, gentlemen, who do we think is advancing in these matchups? This is simple. It's a lock. Lashley and Escobar will definitely advance. Not even a thought, not even a question. So minus 5,000, it's a winner. I agree with your picks. I would like to see Karrion Cross win, but I don't think that's going to happen. And I think Santos, just to propel him more, is going to get the victory over Dragon Lee again. I agree that Bobby Lashley is going to win, but I'm going to take Dragon Lee. I think Carlito makes his return. I think he costs Escobar. At some point, Santos needs to I lose. I like the twist. To give Dragon Lee the biggest win of his career, and he gets that underdog story going forward in this tournament. And if you need a replacement for KO and you don't want to go with the NXT superstar, Lee 
might not be a bad alternative. Escobar is a giant snowball rolling down a hill right now. You don't stop it. He's going to roll over him. He's going to roll over Dragon Lee. I understand what you're saying if Carlito interferes, but it doesn't make sense. Escobar's getting built up right now. He's the next thing. They're not going to stop it. You know what doesn't make sense? Santos challenging Logan Paul. That's true. His story right now is in the LWO, and his story right now is against Carlito. It's against Dragon Lee. It's against Rey Mysterio. Him going against Logan Paul in a heel-versus-heel dynamic makes absolutely no sense. So he's not winning this tournament. And if he's not going to win the tournament, why not just eliminate him in the first round in an upset? So we'll see what happens there. But as a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, you can find us wherever you get your podcast. And we're also on X, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at It's Real to Us. Now, we don't really have many followers at the moment, but we're trending in the right direction. Our YouTube channel, get this, Nathan. 20,000 views. Oh, my God. That's a lot, dude. That's How long? a lot of people. I, we appreciate it. The fans, man. What was that, one week? Thank you. Yeah, I've been making a lot of memes, and I'm just pumping them out there. Some of them get a couple of hundred views. Some of them get a couple of thousands. The one popular one I got right now is calling CM Punk a nostalgic act. So I, I figured it could be fun. I could read you guys some of the comments. Oh, I would love to hear this. So what a mark. Number one, <laughs> LMAO, it's a business, you little marks. Imagine being an adult this arrogant about pro wrestling on your podcast. Oh, come on, guys. It's real to us. It's real to us. It's literally the name of our show. Come on. You got your name, The Mark. We don't even call you Anthony no more. We're calling you The Mark. I don't dislike it. I, I could be Anthony The Mark Passiello, so I'm up for it. I just like The Mark. You can call me The Mark, too. And for sure, we just call you Mark. Maybe, yeah. yeah it can works. be Mark. Yeah. All right. Mr. M. With that being said, I want to let everybody know that our next episode is going to come out uh, probably on Thursday, I'm going to say. We're going to record on Wednesday. It'll be out on Thursday. We're going to cover everything that happens on Raw. And you guys are all fantastic. You're all beautiful. Do you guys have anything you wanted to say? No, no. I think I'm good. Elon Musk told the head of Disney, Bob Iger, Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Why? Because he changed Twitter to X? You guys didn't see that? Once again, the young generation not know nothing. All right, well, thank you again for joining us. We really appreciate it, and we will catch you next time on It's Real to Us, the wrestling podcast. <laughs>